Amen. Now let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our scripture reading today comes from the Common English Bible. Our reading for today comes from Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. After he agreed with the workers to pay them a denarian, he sent them into his vineyard. Then he went out around nine in the morning and saw others standing around the marketplace doing nothing. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard and I'll pay you whatever is right. And they went again around noon and then at three in the afternoon he did the same thing. Around five in the afternoon he went and found others standing around. And he said to them, why are you just standing around here doing nothing all day long? Because nobody has hired us, they replied. He responded, you also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the workers and give them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and moving on finally to the first. When those who were hired at five in the afternoon came, each one received a denarian. Now when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more. But each of them also received a denarian. When they received it, they grumbled against the landowner. These who were hired last worked one hour, and they received the same pay as we did, even though we had to work the whole day in the hot sun. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I did you no wrong. Didn't I agree to pay you a denarian? Take what belongs to you and go. I want to give this. One who is hired last, the same as I give to you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with what belongs to me? Or are you resentful because I'm generous? So those who are last will be first, and those who are first will be last. So the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In today's message, we look to another parable. We begin with a landowner looking for workers. He's going out early, and he looks for workers, and he agrees to pay them a denarian, which is a typical day's wages. They agree to the pay, and they get to work. Later on, about nine in the morning, the landowner goes out again. He sees people standing around doing nothing, and he goes to offer them a job. Go get in my vineyard. I'll pay you whatever is right. And so they go. The scene is then repeated at noon, and then again at three in the afternoon. Landowner goes out, sees people with nothing to do, and says, hey, go work in my vineyard. I'll pay you whatever is right. And he keeps collecting workers for the vineyard. And then about five in the afternoon, he finds yet more people standing around, waiting. He asks, what are you doing just standing around all day long? And the answer is simple. Nobody's hired us. We have nowhere to be. So we get the landowner's response. Go to the vineyard. I'll hire you. So far, so good. We have someone out looking for those who are looking for work, and he gives them a job. Seems simple enough, really. Now, when evening comes, the owner has a talk with his manager. Things are about to get a little different. 
owner tells the manager to get all the workers together and start paying them. But he wants them to start with the people who were hired last and then move back through the day until the people that were hired first thing in the morning get paid. Those who came at five, those who came at three, those who came at noon, those who came at nine, and then come the people who were hired first thing in the morning. They've got it in their heads that they're going to get more. I'm sorry, I jumped ahead. We first get the people who have come at the latest time, five in the afternoon. And they come up for their wages. And what do they get? A denarian. And then slowly everybody gets paid. Those who came at three get a denarian. Those who came at noon get a denarian. Those who came at nine, a denarian. But we get to the people hired first thing in the morning, they've got it in their heads, they're going to get more. Each of them gets, you guessed it, a denarian. This doesn't sit well. Grumbling and complaining begins. Why is it these guys who are hired so late in the day work one hour and they get the same pay that we did for working the whole day in the hot sun? Does that seem fair? Does that seem right? These guys have been out there working all day and they get one denarian. Same thing those guys were out there working an hour for. They've been robbed. Or have they? The owner points out, friend, I did you no wrong. Didn't I agree to pay you a denarian? When we first sat down this morning, I said, I'll pay you this much to come to work, and you said, that's fine. You were excited about the wages then. Take what's yours and go. What is it to you that I want to give to somebody else the same as what I gave you? Isn't that my right? And here's the stinger. Are you resentful because I'm generous? Now there's a wake-up call. Are you resentful because I'm generous? Those people who worked from the first part of the morning thought everything was fine when they first came in that day. They thought everything was fine while they worked. Everything was peachy. They were going to get a day's wages for a day's work. No complaints. It's all good. It's not until somebody else gets more than they think they deserve that there's a problem at all. They're upset someone decided to be generous to those who didn't get hired first. And that's an interesting concept to have to take in. Being upset that someone else decided to be generous. So what is this really about? 
Today's parable doesn't relate to how to run a profitable business. It isn't about how you should run a vineyard. Because if you are looking to make money, this is not a good way to run your vineyard. I see it as reflecting God's generosity through grace. As I read it, those who come to serve early are not greater than those who come to serve late. It's like thinking that you've been a devoted Christian since you've been able to read. Since being a child, you have followed Jesus. You have prayed. You have come to church. You have shown up and served Christ. And then someone shows up to church. An old man late in his years shows up. And finally, he hears the call. He prays. And he comes to church and he believes. And now he's saved. But he's just received the same salvation that you have. All these years it's been fine. But now this guy shows up and expects God's grace to be extended to him the same way it's extended to you. To receive the same amount of love you do. What about all those years he was missing out. Surely there's got to be more in store because you've spent your whole life here, right? Right? But here's the thing. God's love isn't tied to how long we've been doing this. It's not tied to how long we've been saved. God's grace isn't tied to how many Sundays we've been sitting in the pew. God's mercy doesn't vary depending on how long you've sought it. Christ is there for each and every one of us. There isn't a finite amount of salvation going around. Because God is generous. God is merciful. Christ didn't die more for some than he did for others. Christ died for all that all could be forgiven, that all could be saved. And we may not always get the call at the same time. We may not always respond at the same time of life. But the important thing is that we do respond. The point isn't to be jealous of those who come late to the game. Should we fault Christ for being generous in his love? It sounds kind of silly when we put it like that, doesn't it? Christ shows us generosity so that we can be generous. If you've served longer, it just means that you have that much more to share. It means that you've had that much longer with our Savior, that much longer that you have felt that warmth in your heart. Shouldn't that be enough combined with the knowledge that you know others are being saved? As I thought about this idea of God's generosity and the love that God gives us, I was reminded once again of when I was in Chicago with my kids and how Simon wanted to give to everyone he saw that was asking for help. But the reason it comes to me now isn't so much of his act of giving. I mean, I will always be moved by a seven-year-old who believes that helping others is simply the right thing to do. 
But it was his faith and his hope in my generosity that struck me now. That every time he saw somebody, he wanted to give. And it was never about how much he could give, but that he could give. And he always turned to me to be able to give. He had complete faith in me that I would be generous with him so that he could be generous with others. Now let that picture settle in. His faith was in a father who would be generous with him because of love. His trust was in a father who would not look away from him because of his own generosity. Isn't that how we should be? Trusting in God to allow us to be generous? Trusting in God's love so that we can be generous in love? Simon turned to me the same way that we should turn to God so that we can give. We rely on God's steadfast love, that love that endures forever. We rely upon God's infinite grace. Simon wasn't thinking about how much he could give, but that he could give, and that he had faith that he would find a way to give. In the same way, we must look to Christ, not as how much we give or how much we receive or how much is deserving but that we can give our love because there's always enough love to go around. We can show grace because we have been shown grace generously. There will always be enough love for you, no matter how much love is shown to anyone else. God has enough love to be able to love you and to love everyone else. To show grace and mercy. Salvation is there for us all. Whether we're hired at the crack of dawn or at the beginning of the evening, God's love is there for all, and God is generous enough to open salvation to all. There's enough love for us to keep giving it and never run out. And God's endless generosity becomes our, our endless generosity that we don't learn from God to be upset at what others get, but we learn from God how to be so generous that we always want to give. And in the hands of our Heavenly Father, there will always be enough love to give and enough love to receive because there will always be enough love for all. Amen.